I, I work part-time in, in each field and I honestly wouldn't want to do it any other way. <laughs> but yeah. you get tasked to any job at any time, whether it's pregnant woman, a tiny baby, you know, cardiac arrest, a trauma, um, yeah, all of all of the things. Hello and welcome to a Nurse Out Wear podcast. My name is Danielle Corza and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week we will meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia as they tell their story about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from a nurse out where. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of A Nurse Out Where. Now my next guest has been nursing for over 14 years, but she grew up in inner city Melbourne. Um, she's been an intensive care nurse for about eight years at the St Vincent's Public Hospital in Melbourne and did a postgrad in intensive care nursing. In 2015, she moved up to the Northern Territory where she worked in ICU and emergency departments. And in 2017, she did the transition to remote nursing program and remote, worked as a remote area nurse in Aboriginal communities in the Northern Territory. She also completed a postgraduate certificate in remote health practice at this time. In 2019, she did her Bachelor of Midwifery and she was employed at the Alice Springs Hospital. Uh, she worked as a remote midwife and worked in the midwifery group practice in Tennant Creek. She currently lives in Alice Springs with a partner and works half-time as a flight nurse and midwife with the Royal Flying Doctor Service and half-time as a midwife at Alice Springs Hospital. So working as part of the MOB team, which is the Midwives of Outback, uh, which includes outreach clinics to remote Aboriginal communities. I'm really pleased and so keen to share your story. Welcome, Charlotte. How are you, mate? Hi, Danielle. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you too. Yeah, no, it'll be really cool to hear your story, particularly with the Royal Flying Doctor stuff um, yeah. as we go along. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening along to your podcast and um, it's just I'm just so excited that someone's so interested in rural and remote nursing and just sort of shining a light so that's really cool so as as we hit the podcast it's you know it's called a nurse out where so from your perspective can you finish the sentence I'm a nurse out where yeah so um I'm a nurse out where somewhere in my wildest dreams I never thought I would be um somewhere where the sunset always looks better above 26,000 feet and somewhere that I'm lucky enough to work in a job that blends remote nursing, critical care, midwifery and Aboriginal health all in one job. Yeah, wow, wow. And you must see some spectacular sights with the Royal Flying Doctors because yeah. you know, you work all hours, all shifts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is something, yeah, really special about being up in the air um, above the clouds, sunrises, sunsets, and, yeah, landing in, you know, remote locations on dirt strips and just seeing these communities that most people don't get to see. 
um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, wow. So what <laughs> what drew you from from Melbourne up into the territory? Where did that interest come from? Um, so yeah, I can't always say that I had like a deep sort of passion for rural and remote nursing. Um, but I'd been working at the same hospital um, in Melbourne. I grew up in Melbourne and I was working there sort of eight plus years. And I just had this sort of little voice that was saying, you know, maybe there's something more to do or maybe there's something more career-wise for me. Um, I wanted a bit of an adventure um, and a couple of my girlfriends uh, wanted the same thing. Uh, so we got together, we we had a few wines, we pulled out a map of the country and we just started sort of choosing places and Alice Springs um, became our first foray into rural nursing. I started off rural and then I went further <laughs> remote. Yeah, wow. And you literally just picked somewhere on the map went, let's see what happens there. Yeah, so we knuckled it down to a couple of different places. We were looking at places like Broken Hill or Mount Isa. We wanted to go somewhere rural but not, like, too small. Um, and Alice Springs was just the easiest to sort of liaise with in terms of emails. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, myself and my two, two of my good girlfriends from ICU as well. So all three of us just said, we're three ICU nurses. We want to come together, work together. Um, you know, uh, do you have any availability? And Alice Springs wrote back pretty much straight away and said, when can you come? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. First in so best that, dress. That's where we're going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm still here after all those years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So you must have some incredible stories and fond memories of your times. Have you got a particular tale to share? Yeah. So I thought about this a lot. I have lots of sort of tales. I mean, some funny, some um, silly. Um, but I thought I would share the one that was sort of the most fond and um, still to this day I, I think about. Um, which was when I was working as a remote nurse um, in a small Aboriginal community uh, in the Barclay region of the Territory. Um, and I had done a woman's health course where I'd learned to do cervical screening tests and um, all that kind of stuff. And I was working in a community where there was no midwife, there was no doctor and there was no woman's health nurse. So no one had really been taking care of the woman's health portfolio or being able to to do the women's screening. Um, it was a pretty tough community, pretty sort of tough to build rapport with the women and, and encourage them to do their screening. Um, so I was really trying to just get my cervical screening numbers up and really just, you know, fulfill that need in the community. Um, but so I managed to make a connection with one of the um, elder women there and do her woman's health check. Um, and I'd made a comment to her, you know, maybe you should tell your auntie or your sister to come to visit me at the clinic and I can do their check. And I didn't really think anything of it. Um, but then the next day, the entire waiting room was full of women all waiting for me. Uh, she had gone and told everyone that it wasn't that bad, that they should come to the clinic and ask for me. 
um, and they were all asking for the lady doctor and wanting to get their screening done. Um, and they would come every day and continue to ask for the lady doctor. And during my time there, I was there for about maybe 10 months, um, I managed to reduce the overdue uh, screening rates by, by more than half. Um, and still to this day, I see women from that community around Alice and on my RFDS retrievals, and they still call me the lady doctor. And this is like <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> Um, and at this point, I wasn't a midwife yet. I had just done that extra training to, to do that. Um, but it's just really, it just is really special to me because it just truly felt like I had made a difference to those women in that community. And and it, it was probably what sort of led me to going on to becoming a midwife in the years after that. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, a special story I still think about and, um yeah how how cool to be able to you know women's health is isn't a niche market um you know it's something particular particular. and to be able to share that in a remote community that obviously doesn't get that kind of service very often would be so rewarding for you professionally and then to do those preventative health checks you know would be just incredible in those sorts of areas for those women. Yeah, it really, I mean, it was, yeah, it's what it's all about working, you know, a lot of remote health, people think it's all trauma and exciting and this and that and brush, brush, brush. And yeah, it can be, but the real richness comes from connecting with the community and being able to serve the community Um and just to be able to be that nurse that did that and to be trusted by the community to do, you know, intimate procedures like that. Um, yeah, it was really, really special and to still be remembered to this day. Yeah, they recognise you down the street five years later in a different community yeah. as, as their lady doctor. Yeah, tell me, yeah. I think I might be due again. Yes, go and see your lady doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very but, cool. Yeah, I had, I had, yeah, so many more stories. I mean, there was a time when I was working at Bush that I got chased by a pack of cheeky dogs and, um, yeah, running through the community, screaming <laughs> things by dogs. Um, and then just, I mean, there's daily fond moments in working for RFDS like yeah just touching down on dirt strips and and having families come out to meet the plane and wave off their family um and their loved one is yeah just truly pretty heartwarming stuff yeah and you hear you know you often hear about the stories that you know it probably doesn't happen much these days anymore I'm sure they're a bit more sophisticated of you know dumping diesel on toilet rolls and lighting up the airstrip <laughs> so that you make room for the, the plane to come through and yeah so I mean some of the strips that have questionable lighting that's <laughs> I know yeah I think, think maybe a loo roll and a, and a, a flame wouldn't go astray at some of these strips <laughs> um, but it's just the whole it's like a family affair when you when you come into land I mean most times the communities um you know they're really welcoming because you're coming to help their loved one and they're also uh, you know a bit scared because 
if you're needing the flying doctors, then you're probably a little bit sick. Um, so, yeah, just you, you come into land and there's just cars and people and kids and dogs and the kids really liked to come and have a look on the plane, which depending um, if who your pilot is sometimes, it's okay to um, show them what it looks like inside and um, it's, yeah, it's really nice. So given that you've got, um, you know, women's health, midwifery and an ICU background, do you get tasked to particular retrievals with the RFDS or is it kind of hit and miss? they just need somebody and you need to have all of those skills? Yeah, so um, you have to have all of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it, that was initially why I did my midwifery with that goal in mind uh, to work for RFDS as a dual-trained clinician. Um, but it just turned out that I loved midwifery more than <laughs> I could have imagined and now I, I work part-time in in each field and I honestly wouldn't want to do it any other way (laughs) but get tasked to any job at any time whether it's pregnant woman a tiny baby you know cardiac arrest a trauma um yeah all of all of the things yeah okay okay so I guess it's good to have that that multiple skill set and experience yeah yeah it's definitely some things I'm less comfortable with (laughs) I think we all have we all have those we all have those moments where you're like oh it's not my strong yeah. point. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, yeah, like pediatrics is not. Yeah, not <laughs> get a bit nervous when it's not when everybody's it's... cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, move you move from Melbourne up to remote areas. Um, so yeah. you might have to think back to those days, or maybe some conversations you've had with your colleagues in more recent times. But what are some of the things that you miss when you work in these rural and remote areas? Oh, um, so definitely family. Um, they just feel so far away, or I should say, like you feel so far away. Um, it's not always easy to get annual leave when you're working out bush. Um, it's not always easy to yeah, get it when you want it. Um, and it can be a real trek to get out of the community. It often involves days of traveling. Um, you know, when I was working further up north, it was a 700 um, kilometer drive just to Alice Springs and then often a flight from Alice Springs to Adelaide and then Adelaide to Melbourne. Um, so days of travel and quite expensive. Um, so just family for sure was the number one. And still to this day, we're like living and working in Alice Springs. Um, just, yeah, missing my, you know, my my family back in Melbourne. Um, but when I was working in, you know, true bush remote nursing, uh, fresh food, being able to do Uber Eats pizza, <laughs> <laughs> all of those things, there were so many so many nights you would just think, God, I would love to order a pizza for dinner. I don't want to cook. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's just you. Um, and, if, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty big coffee drinker. So, uh, yeah, definitely missed coffee. Uh, but I did become quite partial to an instant coffee <laughs> with <laughs> a little bit of frost milk was my little treat. <laughs> yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> so... You know, you talk so fondly about your time, um, which, you know, there are moments that are really rewarding, but they can also be really challenging. Um, yeah. How do you how do you look after yourself and your own mental health? 
Yeah. Um, so I chose communities that uh, always had phone reception. That was really important to me. Um, so I was always able to phone my family or my friends and FaceTime them. So really just connecting with loved ones is super important. They don't always understand <laughs> what you're doing or, <laughs> you know, my mum would always say, but why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why leave Melbourne to go? To, to the bush I just don't understand <laughs> um, but just having family and friends on the phone um remaining active I would walk um every day sometimes twice a day um with I had my dog with me when I was out bush um so take your dog your cat your your pet your whatever uh because with my dog I just truly never felt lonely I mean when I had him with me um I also kept a journal which um is really nice to read back on uh now a few years later um getting thoughts and feelings on to paper um and I also just tried to uh be social um with other nurses, with neighbours, with community people, um, dinners, barbecues, just getting involved, just really trying to keep that human connection because, you know, it can be really isolating. Um, I mean, I once drove like over 200 kilometres to to get a steak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it wasn't even that good, but at the time, I'm yeah, <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Um, I also... <laughs> When I was living in Tennant Creek, I joined a volleyball team. I didn't even know the rules and I wasn't very good, but I joined the team and it became my Wednesday night <laughs> sports thing. Friends <laughs> too. It's funny. I'm giggling along because it's funny the links that you go to. Um, I remember, you know, when my kids first got their license, they couldn't wait to get out and drive you know, legally on the road and they decided that they wanted to go to the next town to buy a milkshake and it's like <laughs> over a hundred kilometres to go and get a milkshake and people think you're mad but it, it was a good milkshake <laughs> and that's what they wanted so away they went. It's all in the journey. Yeah. <laughs> I think was it was like... just getting away from mum and dad. I really like it was less about the milkshake and more about getting out and being independent but anyway. <laughs> or maybe driving driving a bit faster than around me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very yeah. funny. So what do you do on your days off? Well, how do you fill in your time? Um, so it's everyone always asks that, but when I was working as a ran, I swear I did not have as much days off or downtime as I thought. My community was really busy. There was only four nurses. Um and you were on call and, and you would definitely get called out. So, yeah, much to my um, disappointment, I didn't have much downtime. <laughs> um, but when I did have uh, a little bit of downtime, um, it, remote can be a really good place to study. Um, you know, hopefully you have some good Wi-Fi connection. I, I didn't when I got there. I had to get the um, internet guys to come out and install better Wi-Fi. Um but yeah, studying, um, always, you know, walking the dog out in the landscapes, just, yeah, really beautiful. Um, I used to play a lot of basketball, so I would always um, shoot hoops with the local kids. 
Um, I also had an online personal trainer, um, which I would try to do sort of I don't know, once a week if I could. Um, and for any kind of craft, crochet or sewing is good. Um, and when I had more than one day off, I would drive to um, the neighbouring community, which was like 170 k's away, <laughs> to visit my partner um, and do a bit of a bigger grocery shop or drive into Alice Springs, which was about, yeah, either sort of 400 to 700 k's away, depending on how, yeah, where I was at the time. Yeah, right. And you said before that you did um, some journaling and Reflecting back on that, have you found anything that you kind of that's shocked or surprised you, or you know? Um, I just I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that I went and I worked as a bush as a bush nurse. I um I just feel deep down like I'm a real city slicker, and I grew up in inner city Melbourne my whole life. So to anyone that knew me, this was insane that I. <laughs> was going out bush. It was truly <laughs> insane. People thought I was mad. Um, and I just think, yeah, reading back, I'm just really proud of myself that I that I took the leap and just went and gave it a go and thinking, you know, might not work out, but at least I tried it. Um, and I just am in awe at how hard the, the job is, how how broad the scope of practices and just the yeah the extra skills that you have to acquire to work as a remote nurse in a location where you know there's no doctor you just you just have to do things that's <laughs> like suturing wounds stapling heads um you know looking after women in labor which, which now I would be comfortable with but back then I wasn't a midwife um so I think just yeah, it's, I guess, pretty proud. <laughs> you should be. You really should be proud of yourself. Like it's a, it's not something that people, that many people do or that many people can do. Um, so, you, yeah, absolutely, you should be proud of yourself. It's your superpower. You should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so what you think, if someone might be thinking about, oh, you know, they're in inner city Melbourne and thinking of throwing a dart and landing in Alice Springs, <laughs> What are your top three tips? What would you be your advice to them? I thought about this so much, you know, because ah, oh God, I would have loved your podcast, you know, seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, yeah, thinking, 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 do I want to do this? What would it be like? Um, but I think a big thing is to know your why. Why do you want to? Why do you want to do it? Um, because if you don't know your true why about why you're out there, um, you're going to run at the first sort of sign of a challenge. Um, it's it, it can be really tough work. It can be really long hours. It's not glam. Accommodation can be pretty basic. Um, so if you truly know what why you're there, it, it, you just get through those sort of harder times. Um, but in the same vein, go for it. Absolutely go for it. I feel like I could be a poster for people to just go for it. <laughs> um, listen to that little voice because it, it truly opened up my world um, going and doing that first stint of um, rural nursing and then remote nursing. Um, so, yeah, that would be one. Um, the next would be just immerse yourself um, 
in the community. Um, get to know everyone, get out there, learn about the culture, um, just really be a part of it. Like communities can tell if if you're just there for like, you know, two weeks and you don't really care. Um, so just really just be present and sort of proactive in the community. Um, and then for someone that has never worked um, rural or remote at all, I would recommend to go to a remote emergency department first uh, where you have that little bit of backup still and you can still work in a bit of a bigger team. Uh, you can learn those essential skills like plastering and suturing and ring blocks and that kind of thing. Um, and then from there, choose your community wisely. Don't go somewhere that it's a, you know, one or two nurses. Like it's just you're going to set yourself up to have a really hard time. Um, and potentially to somewhere that you can come and go in, you know, blocks. Um, I think there's something truly to be said for returning to your community and, and working in that way. It's just that's like what I was speaking about before. That's the richness and that's where the beauty is and that's where the actual health changes um, come from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And learn to drive a manual car. <laughs> because I didn't, being a true city slicker, I did not um, know how to drive manual, much to my dad's disappointment. Um, but I do now. I had to learn. In Tennant Creek, I had, to, I had to learn how to drive manual. I was like the oldest learner driver there. And, yeah, it would just would have been a hell of a lot easier if, if I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, is that for the um, like the retrieval vehicles or the the hospital vehicles? They're all manuals, yeah. I guess. That's the the bush ambulance. Um, what we call the troopy, um, is yeah, manual. Very yeah, quite a hard to drive manual. <laughs> I spent that first. Um, I yeah, stalled it a lot when I first <laughs> went out bush. I just used to cruise around the community in like first or second gear because I. Like, <laughs> was too nervous to change gears. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they asked me if I could drive the troopy to um, Alice Springs to like, get service. <laughs> I almost had a meltdown thinking that I had to drive the ambulance <laughs> by myself all the way. Like, 500k. <laughs> 500k's in second gear plodding along. <laughs> it would take you all day. All day. <laughs> yes, but I learned quickly. <laughs> but that was an added stress for, for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, very good. Very good advice. Um, yeah. You said um, understanding your why. I'm curious. Do you, are you, can you share your why? Yeah. So I feel like I probably didn't know it at the time, but my why was, I think there's, was just more out there for me in terms of a nursing career. I, I wanted a challenge. I wasn't shy for a challenge. Um, and I really wanted to make a difference. And that, you know, sounds like you know, a bit funny, but not that in the city, you know, nurses working every day aren't making a difference. Of course they are. But for me, I just really wanted something more kind of, sort of soul quenching and I just really wanted more um and when I was out there in the bush on you know long shifts four o'clock in the morning no sleep 
um, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was sort of meant to be there and giving my skills and looking after the community. That was what I wanted. And then maybe later my why was to become a midwife. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Thank you for your time this evening. I've chewed up some of your Sunday afternoon, but um, I'll let you get back to back to the beauty of the outback and um, hopefully I'll get to meet you in person soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I would love to yeah, meet you in person. <laughs> awesome. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, see you later. this has sparked your interest and you'd like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing you can contact me and check out my website anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on facebook and instagram by searching for a nurse outwear remember like subscribe and share them with your friends